Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day and welcome to Voice of the Church. This month we'll be looking at the topic of missions and sharing the gospel with others. And I want to begin with a story of a man named Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China in the second half of the 19th century. That's from the years of roughly 1850 to 1900. That mission was a very difficult mission. He brought the gospel to people all across the nation of China, but he did so at tremendous price. During the course of his 50 years of work in the nation, he lost his wife, four of his children, and himself became sick on numerous occasions. Despite this, even at the age of 73, he was still making trips to China, and he himself would die in China, having shared the gospel with thousands of people. Now the question we have this day is, why? Why would someone go through all types of suffering and struggles, all types of loss, to bring the story and the message of Jesus Christ to others? And today, as we consider that, we consider why a man like Hudson Taylor would do this. We consider why we should still have that same spirit. Why is Jesus so important that he is worth suffering for? Why is Jesus so important that he is worth losing everything to tell others about? Well, for our answer, we'll be looking to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 at another man who gave up many things to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. His name is Paul. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is speaking about how this life is not all there is. How after we die, we will all stand before the Lord. And he says this in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. What is one of the reasons why people give up all kinds of comforts and privileges and even sometimes physical health to bring the gospel to others? Well, Paul tells us one of the reasons is because he realizes that after we die, this life is not all there is. There's going to be a hereafter. And in that, Paul says this, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know if you've ever stood before a judgment seat. It can happen in a few different ways. Perhaps it's been in an official capacity where you've been summoned into court. And you've been on trial and you had to stand before a judge to be ruled as either innocent or guilty. However, most of us have probably had this happen on a lesser scale. Maybe back in our school days we had a time we went to the principal's office. Or maybe in our younger days we had a time we stood before our mother or our father And we had claimed it was all our brother's fault, and they had claimed it was all our fault, and mom or dad had to make the ruling, and we stood for a time before the judgment seat. The judgment seat is the place where truth is determined, or at least recognized and upheld. It is the place where what is good is rewarded, and what is evil is punished. Now, Paul says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And what that means is that after this life is over, each and every human being on the surface of this planet will stand before Jesus Christ. And they will stand before his judgment seat. They will appear there. 
And the word appear in the original language, it speaks of the idea of being revealed. You are appearing in the way that you are being revealed before someone. And I want you to think of what that means. That when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you will be revealed. All your secrets, all your actions, all your thoughts, all your motivations will be put in the light of his judgment. Now that might not scare everyone. We may not all fear that type of thing. You see, in this world, many of us compare ourselves to other people. Or we compare ourselves to the people we see on TV or in the movies. And we think to ourselves, you know what, I'm really not so bad a person. I've really done some good things. I try to help people out. I try and be generous. I try to be kind as much as I can be. But the truth is, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we won't be judged on how we compare to others. We'll be judged on whether we are able to enter into the presence of God himself. Whether we are able to stand before Jesus. You see, Jesus, he is the spotless son of God. He is the one who came to show us what it looks like and what it means to love the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul, which God commands us to do and which God is worthy of. When you think of what Christ has done, if you look at the life of Christ, you find out he has lived a life where he has lived it in perfection. He has never failed to help someone who needed help. He has never failed to respond with wisdom. He's never failed to to stand against temptations that might lure him to do things that would either insult God or hurt others. Christ is a perfect, spotless lamb. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we won't be judged on how we measure up compared to someone who lives beside us or if we're better or worse than a drug dealer who lives down the street. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.10 that we will receive the things we have done in the body according to what we have done, whether good or bad. And that means that when we stand before God, he will reward us based on how we've lived. And if we have lived for God and for his glory, if we have lived in a way where we have sought to honor him in all we do, then we have nothing to fear. But if we haven't lived in that way, if we've fought against God, if we've rebelled against him, if we pursued our own things, if we haven't been thankful to God for all he's given, the Bible says we'll be condemned will be judged. And the truth is, the Bible says that there is no one in this world who has lived in such a way that they could pass the bar of God's judgment in themselves. There's no one in this world who has loved God with all their heart as he is worthy of. No one who has sought to serve him. And sometimes we think that it's a little tough for God to judge people if they haven't been perfect. But I want you to imagine what it's like if I was to set before you two cups. One cup was full of water with just a few drops of deadly poison, and the other cup was full of deadly poison. If I was to set these two cups before you and say to you, I want you to take a drink from one of these two cups, which of the two cups would you choose? Well, the truth is, you couldn't choose either of the two cups. No matter which one you picked, if you drank it, it would kill you. Whether there's a lot of poison in it or whether it's just a little, those cups mean death. And the truth is, sin is the same. Rebellion against God is the same. Whether our lives are filled with all kinds of rebellion against God or whether we think we just have a little bit of rebellion against God, these things can't stand in the presence of a holy God. They mean death. And so Paul is motivated to bring the gospel, and that's what he goes on to say. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. 
what motivates Paul to bring the gospel to the world, what motivated a man like Hudson Taylor, is the recognition that each and every person will not only stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but when they do, they will be condemned. And the only hope they have is Christ. And so Paul speaks of the importance of persuading men, of seeking to teach men and women what it means that Jesus Christ is not only the perfect Lamb of God, not only the spotless Son of God, but He is also the Son of God who came to take the place of those who are sinful, to take the place of those who could not meet the bar of God's judgment. You see, as Paul brought the gospel one time to the city of Athens, he spoke of this idea of judgment, and he said this, that God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, and he has given assurance to this to all by raising him from the dead. You see, the work of Christ is the proof that one day everyone will stand before the judgment seat of God, but the work of Christ is also the hope that each and every person can have on that day of judgment, that they can be forgiven. You see, because if we are persuaded to come to Jesus, if we are persuaded to believe on him, if we are persuaded to confess our sins to him and ask for his forgiveness, because of what he has done, not only in his perfect life, but also in the death he died upon the cross for sinners, if we are persuaded to find our hope and trust in him, then, beloved Lord, we can be saved from God's wrath. We can be saved on that day of judgment. We can find all the punishment we deserve has been fully satisfied in the Son. And that's what motivated Paul to go through times of trial, times of hardship, times where he was beaten, times where he was shipwrecked, times where he was stoned, to bring the gospel to the world. He knew the reality that there is an afterlife. He knew the reality that in that afterlife, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And he knew the only hope anyone could have is if they came by faith to lay hold of Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. Now, as we begin this idea of speaking about motivations for missions, we want to have two applications today. I want to think of two things. First and foremost, we need to realize that whoever you are, whoever I am, Each and every one of us will stand before that judgment seat of Christ. If God was to reveal us, if God was to put all the things we'd ever done and said before him in a great book where every detail is written, would we be found to have poison in our hearts? Would we be found to have that which means death? And if so, have we realized this and knowing the fear of the Lord, have we found our refuge in Christ? But secondly, do we realize this for those who are around us? Do we, if we stand already as Christians, do we really believe that our neighbors, our co-workers, the people who live around us, will all one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ? And when they are there, they will either find themselves condemned before God or pardoned. But the only thing that can bring them pardon is for them to know the Savior. There's a story of a missionary who had done many things in sharing the gospel for Christ and he had brought the gospel to many. And one time he was walking with someone in Central Park in New York, one of the largest parks in North America. And he was walking with this man through this park and the man was asking him what led him to to be such a great person in bringing the gospel to others. And he asked the person as they walked through this park, what do you see? 
And the man looked through the park and he said, well, I see all kinds of things in the park. I see the beauty of the trees. I see the beauty of nature. I see all the people walking and playing, kids throwing frisbees. I see families sitting down for picnics. I see all kinds of things around me. What do you see? He asked the missionary. And the missionary said this, I see souls. I see souls. As this man asked, what motivated you to bring the gospel to so many? The answer the missionary gave was that he realized in each and every person was a soul that would one day stand before a holy God. Do you know this of the world you live in? Have you thought the gospel is only for you, only for your benefit? Or have you remembered that each and every human being will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what they have done in the body, whether good or ill? And have you realized their only hope can be found in Christ? The Christian church is to be a church that brings the gospel to lost sinners. And Christians are to be people who seek to persuade men and women to repent and come to Jesus Christ. What are the motivations we have for missions? One is the reality that God is holy and each and every human being will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, let us persuade men. Beloved in the Lord, we'll continue to look at missions as we continue in this month, looking at motivations for missions today of the fear of the Lord and motivations for missions next week in the love of Christ. The Lord's blessings to you and wish you God's blessings for the week to come.